Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate, and I am joined today by the fantastic Matthew Betts, our injury injury specialist here at Ball Blast Football. Um, He is here to discuss all of the biggest news from Week 7. How does that affect our fantasy teams moving forward into Week 8 and beyond? Welcome in, Betts. We've got a lot to talk about. I feel like I jinxed us last week. You you kind of did. It was a relatively quiet week on the injury front, relatively speaking. I mean, any any other season last week was just, oh, yeah, normal injuries, a few here and there. But in 2020, man, unless we're talking about like at least 13 injuries, um, it was a good week. And unfortunately, this week there was a ton. So, yeah, we got a lot to break down today uh, for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just dive in. Everybody, be sure to follow Bats at the Fantasy PT for all of the best fantasy football injury analysis be sure to check us out at ballblastfootball.com. We've got so much content spilling over uh, into the, the fantasy football universe. We've got an awesome staff of writers who are just cranking out the content nonstop. We've got rankings. We've got dynasty rankings. Um, we've, we've got a little bit of everything, and we've got some extra extra swag for our, our Patreon subscribers. So check us out at patreon.com slash ballblast. Let's just jump on into it. I want to rip off the Band-Aid here, all right, because this one hurts. Odell Beckham, he has a torn ACL. He is out for the season, um, literally on a pass that was targeted for him. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw an interception. Beckham tore his ACL getting the tackle, which was just – he had this acrobatic flip, tore his ACL. You knew immediately – it did not look good, but what does this mean for the Browns offense? How does this uh, affect? I mean, they're they're still uh, in good standing with the the AF, or AFC North, um, but does how how heavily does this affect the team? And who do you think benefits the most from Beckham's absence? Yeah, it's sort of a weird situation, right? Because typically, when a guy that is as good and talented as Odell Beckham is exits you would normally say well this is obviously horrible news for the offense in general usually it's a a major downgrade for the quarterback but we saw baker mayfield come out and throw for five touchdowns this past sunday without odell in the lineup now is that the real reason why probably not they're playing the Bengals, but it does speak to the fact that you know i'm not sure how much browns football you watch kate or or listeners watch but there was a clip from earlier this season where uh baker threw a touchdown pass to one of the backup tight ends and he goes over to Odell on the sideline and there's like a clip of him being like, hey, man, don't worry, like yours is coming too. you know, get ready, stay, stay ready out there. And I feel like Baker has this pressure to get Odell the ball, to get Jarvis the ball and then figure it out from there. And without that pressure, I mean, Baker Mayfield's the type of guy that he was really, really good in college when he could just spread the ball out to whoever was open and not have to force feed a number one target like Odell Beckham. So I actually think we might see a better version of Baker moving forward. But in reality, this is still a run first team, right? And in, in every sense of the word, I mean, Kareem Hunt has been getting all the touches he can get and more earlier this season. It was obviously Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt splitting the work. But I think in general, the efficiency of the offense is going to improve a bit. And if you're looking for a waiver wire ad that could step right in and kind of be 
um, a wide receiver three slash flex type of play on a given week. Rashard Higgins owned in just 4% of Yahoo leagues is someone that I've been looking at. He played about 85% of the snaps last week in relief for Odell. So certainly he's kind of the type of, of wide receiver that's going to benefit the most as far as playing time. It looks like without Odell. Absolutely. And we do know that, uh, Baker Mayfield has looked good targeting his tight ends. We had uh, rookie Bryant with two touchdowns on the week last week, uh, even got one to David and Joku. Um, so I really do think that this could be a, a good thing for Baker Mayfield. Uh, we saw it in, in Pittsburgh, right? When Ben Roethlisberger was targeting uh, Antonio Brown. Sometimes there is this, um, you know, pressure to get a certain player, the ball, um, you know, just because they are that first read, they are the superstar, whatever it is. Um, but Ben threw a lot of interceptions targeting Antonio Brown because he was force feeding the ball. So maybe sure. this will be that opportunity for him to to branch out um, and, and discover some of the other assets on the team. But seriously, huge, huge loss because um, Odell is still Odell Beckham. Um, let's move on. Chris Carson, he has a midfoot sprain. He's considered week to week um tell us about is this the same injury that we've seen from running back joe mixon um should we sort of expect you know maybe a same timeline for for the two of them um how high are you you ranking carlos hyde on your waivers for this week yeah the seattle backfield is really intriguing for this week and you know we'll start with chris carson obviously he left early on sunday night football with that midfoot sprain, and you'll hear different terms out there in the general uh, media, midfoot and also Liz Frank typically refers to the same region of the foot and the same joint. So essentially, this is a Liz Frank injury for Chris Carson. Now, by all accounts, it's mild, and, and those can be mild where it's about a one to three week absence for the player, or they can be really severe and they require surgery, as we've seen with other guys in the past, like Alshon Jeffrey, for example. So not even close to that severity. We're looking at a pretty mild injury here, but I still would expect Chris Carson to miss at least two games. And then you look at that and say, okay, now we have a running back room that has Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer and the rookie out of Miami, DJ Dallas. Carlos Hyde is, is dealing with a hamstring injury. Travis Homer has a, a bruise in his knee. And so literally DJ Dallas is the only healthy running back on the Seattle Seahawks roster. Russ might have to drop back and throw the ball 50 times on Sunday. Because, darn. Yeah, I know. Right. Darn. How, how sad for our lineup. with Tyler Lockett. <laughs> And, uh, and DK Metcalf. But yeah, Carlos Hyde is still iffy to play. Travis Homer, by all accounts, it's a mild injury, but he's more of a third down type of role player anyway. And so to me, if you are a desperation, you know, you're desperate to play running back this week. And a lot of us are with these injuries. DJ Dallas is a guy that I'm adding on waivers and potentially plugging into my lineup if Carlos Hyde doesn't play alongside of Chris Carson. Absolutely wild how quickly things can turn, but I am always here to let Russ cook. Um, and you know, maybe yes. we'll see some of that, that rushing ability. Obviously there, there are, uh, two legs that I love, uh, more than anything. And both of them belong to Russell Wilson. So, uh, <laughs> he's, he's got plenty of rush. I, say. <laughs> I know. Um, I, all I can think of anytime I think of, you know, like these, these quarterbacks who have this, uh, amazing rushing ability. I always think of the SpongeBob gif where he's showing off his little leg muscles. And that is Russell Wilson all day for me. Um, super interesting. And DJ Dallas, he's definitely, um, he's a guy that I've actually seen on waivers in uh, some of my like more shallow dynasty leagues. So definitely a name to, to look out for and could be looking to fill a, 
immediate role in an offense that is one of the best in the NFL. Um, let's move on. Kenyon Drake, he has got an ankle sprain. That looked to be a brutal injury. I was assuming that there was a, this was going to be a season-ending injury based on his his initial reaction to that. Um, so they did say that the MRI revealed a torn ligament. Uh, so what what does that mean for his recovery time? And, um, you know, kind of like some of these other running backs that we've seen, can we expect him to be in full form when he returns? It's hard to say because by all accounts, this is um, this is a, a situation where we don't have a ton of details, right? So usually these teams will tell us, you know, it is a high ankle sprain or, you know, it, it's it's this or it's that. And all we heard is there's a torn ligament in the ankle. But the way you look at the injury and how it happened, it was pretty consistent with a high ankle sprain. And if it's not a high ankle sprain, then typically what it's called your deltoid ligament. It sits like on the very inside of the lower uh, lower leg ankle region and then kind of on the inside of the arch of the foot. Really uncommon. And so because of that, we don't have a ton of data to look at like how long it takes these players to get back. The team did say they're treating it like a high ankle sprain for whatever that is worth. Um, regardless, Kenyon Drake's going to miss probably about three to six weeks. And it's hard to say specifically, but definitely a multi-week absence. Definitely a player that I think if we're looking at, you know, down the stretch here, as you look towards the playoffs or fantasy, is probably not going to be productive for us when he's get, getting back on the field because it's already week eight. And so by the time he gets back on the field, is it week 12, week 13? And at that point, like you're pushing for the playoffs. This is Chase Edmonds season at this point. I mean, you look at, I think the offense in general with Chase Edmonds when he's been in there has been nine times better, 10 times better, a hundred times better than <laughs> Kenyon Drake's been in there. He has looked so much more explosive and Sometimes, again, it, it sucks to talk about these injuries and try to spin them in a positive way, but like Kyler Murray arrow pointing up, DeAndre Hopkins, if it's even possible, more pointing up with this injury because when Chase Edmonds is involved, the offense is better. Obviously, that means more scoring opportunities. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about the Cardinals here moving forward. I think Chase Edmonds is going to be an every down role player for them here moving forward. Here at Ball Blast Football, we have been begging all of you guys to please add Chase Edmonds to your fantasy teams. Add him to your bench for weeks now. Our guys have been harping on it. So uh, thankfully to them, I, I listened in my leagues. Double check your waiver wire, though. You never know where he may have slipped by because, I mean, is Chase Edmonds, what, a fringe RB1, RB2 rest of season? I think so. And I think if he is available on waivers, if you play in a fab system, I'm blowing every dollar. Uh, yep. To me, this is the type of player that, you know, we we want these types of players to be added from the waiver wire every single year. And so when they come around, you you have to kind of pounce and go aggressively after them. I mean, we could see a situation even where Kenyon Drake is healthy and he's now like the eight touch type of back where, you know, Chase Edmonds is getting 18 to 20 opportunities a game. So, yeah, to me, I'm going all in on Edmonds and my waiver wires this week. Love that. Deontay Johnson, we have talked about him for three or four consecutive weeks. Every week. Um, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm tired of talking about Deontay, but um, he is considered day to day with an ankle sprain. Um, he looked great in his first return, um, you know, initially with the concussion, then with the back injury, now with the ankle, but he did have two touchdowns on the week. Um, do you expect him to miss any actual game time? Does this, uh, bolster either Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster. What, what should we expect here? Yeah, Deontay Johnson, you know, he's been kind of picking up these little fluky injuries here and there. Of course, it was the concussion, which 
you can't really change or predict a ton in terms of that. And then it was the back injury and now it's a, an ankle injury, but by all accounts, it's pretty minor. And so even looking at a player who has some durability concerns through the first seven weeks of the year, I'm still not that worried about uh, Deontay Johnson because we're not seeing recurring issues over and over again that are the same injuries. So I do expect him to play this week. I think he'll still be effective and I'm still in on Deontay Johnson this year. I mean, we were kind of wondering, you know, what is, What's the who's going to get the biggest piece of the pie, so to speak, in the passing game? Of course, Chase Claypool came out and smashed for two weeks straight without Deontay Johnson in the lineup. And then Deontay Johnson got targeted on like every single play last week. So to me, Deontay Johnson is still a priority add if he's available um, this week. I think he's still going to be very, very productive here down the stretch for the Steelers. I love that. And do you think that this might be a good time? I know um, we don't believe in the phrase injury prone here on this show but we do know that you know that is a common uh thought process for a lot of people they do worry about these uh players that do have you know multiple injuries but uh i I think you just noted this you know the good thing deontay johnson is not having the same injuries over and over again um this has been a little bit of a string of bad luck is this the the time to shoot out some waiver or some offers in dynasty leagues for deontay johnson Oh, for sure. To me, he was a guy I was buying on the offseason. Um, and that hasn't changed. Like we just talked about, the injury history isn't really concerning. He looks great when the ball's in his hands and certainly he's showing great chemistry with Big Ben. So yeah, to me, he is a screaming buy in Dynasty. I think he's perfect too for you know either either team scenario, right? Like if you're rebuilding, he's super young, go get him. If you're a contender and you need a wide receiver two slash three, go get him. He's gonna do that this year. All right, Jeff Wilson Jr. running back with the San Francisco 49ers, who was absolutely balling out before suffering a high ankle sprain. Um, these knees and ankles of, you know, these uh, San Francisco 49ers are just not holding up. Um, we can expect him to miss four to six weeks. Uh, we do know that, you know, given the fact that it is a higher ankle sprain, uh, we have to worry about that. But I mean, can I ask you a question? So we've talked about sure. um, the, the, you know, sometimes uh, like the turf, is there like an, in, an issue in San Francisco uh, where they just can't keep these running backs healthy? Or is this just a string of bad luck? What is going on with the running backs? Who do we roster now? Um, you know, you've got Raheem Mostert on IR. We've got Tevin Coleman, who I don't think has returned to practice yet. Jarek McKinnon was literally not used like at all in week seven. It was bizarre that we have Jamichael hasty. What do we do? I don't like, I'm so confused. Yeah. To answer your first question, this seems to be a string of bad luck where these players, you know, it's not like their, their, their foot is getting like stuck in the turf in a funny way. I know there was kind of that like whole dilemma about MetLife stadium and all that type of stuff earlier in the year. To me, that was never really an issue. That was kind of more of like a media type thing than actually having some truth and weight to it. But then you look at, you know, when these players are getting injured, their ankles are kind of getting rolled up on by defenders. And you, it's just one of those injuries that happens in football that you really can't predict. Obviously, this is a violent game. Um, we have people going as fast as possible, colliding with each other that weigh 200 to 300 pounds. And, and so when that rolls up on your ankle, uh, those ligaments are just not designed to take that force. So you're seeing these high ankle sprains at an insane rate this year. And specifically, for the running backs, that's what's going on here, obviously, with Jeff Wilson Jr., who's going to miss at least a month. Raheem Mostert, you know, he's one week out of his injury. He's going to miss probably three to six weeks. Um, and yeah, and then from there, Tevin Coleman, he picked up an injury a couple weeks ago. 
he still isn't back. But I do think that Kyle Shanahan wants to have one of these guys take control of the backfield. And I don't know about you, but when I watched that game on Sunday, the answer was not Jarek McKinnon for whatever reason. He just, he isn't playing him 25% of the snaps, 32%, then 18% last week. Uh, You just can't trust him. And I think when Tevin Coleman does come back eventually, which I think is soon, he's the guy we should be going after because, you know, again, Jamichael hasty, 3%, 21%, 23%. Like, they're just not getting work. And we saw them use Debo Samuel as a running back, essentially um, all game. And obviously now he's out with a hamstring injury. So to me, Tevin Coleman is a sneaky ad. If he's still on waivers this week, I wouldn't spend up though, to get him if you're using fab, because again, we just don't know what the role is for these guys. But if I have to pick one that I feel the most confident here in the short term, when he does get back from injury, it's probably Tevin Coleman. Now, uh, what is the timeline? The one name we haven't mentioned here was my guy, Raheem Mostert. What timeline are we looking at for him? Can we expect him back in the next couple of weeks? He's on short-term IR, so we know it's going to be at least two more weeks at an absolute minimum. And then beyond that, you know, these high ankle sprains are just so um, so tricky to come back from because you feel great walking around, but as soon as you go to sprint and cut, uh, usually there's pain and there's potentially some instability associated with it. So right now it's hard to project, but I think it's going to be at least three more weeks before we see him even start practicing in a, in a way that makes us think he's getting close. So probably at least three weeks, but up to six, honestly, because they can just be so tricky. Um, uh, Sticking with the 49ers. Why, why should we travel elsewhere? Debo Samuel out with a hamstring injury, really unfortunate. He was just sort of starting to, to come into his own here after, you know, returning from the foot injury that held him out of a couple of games. Um, Now, what do we make with this entire offense in general because it's the George Kittle show. Um, we've seen a lot of flashes from Brandon Ayuk. Is Brandon Ayuk slowly becoming a like a top end flex option uh, in all of your leagues? Oh, one hundred percent. On the Redshirt Show, Redshirts Dynasty podcast, please check that out. Uh, Okada, myself, and John were talking a lot in the offseason about Brandon Ayuk with our rookie evaluation. We absolutely love the guy. He is perfect for what. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers want to do led uh, NCAA in terms of yards after the catch. That is exactly what he's going to do here with Debo Samuel out. So to me, he steps right into a flex play on any given week, uh, most certainly. And obviously with Debo out, they're battling with so many injuries. Like Kyle Shanahan's going to figure out ways to get him the ball. They're going to figure out ways to get George Kittle the ball. I think he is a, a great play um, this week, as soon as this week, they're going up against Seattle. And obviously we know they bleed points, to the wide receiver position in, in Seattle. So to me, Ayuk is a great, uh, you know, pick up and plug right into your roster for week eight. Love when we can find these rookies that just automatically step up and, you know, Kyle Shanahan is this kind of coach that, uh, he's going to find the, the best way to get the ball into his best player's hands. Uh, not always the traditional, uh, route run and pass, but, he will get the job done uh, here uh, any other way. How about let's, let's go a little bit East. Let's go to Tim Patrick hamstring injury. He has week to week, which is just so, so unfortunate. Um, he's been an absolute rock star that just came out of nowhere um, in the absence of Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. These guys can't stay healthy either. What do we make? What does this do for Jerry Judy? What does this do for Noah Fant? What do we expect from these guys moving forward? Yeah, Tim Patrick was like sneakily 
very productive over the, la- the past couple of weeks. Very. Uh, I, I project he will miss this week with that hamstring injury. Uh, by all accounts, it's minor, but we, we know it's so so tricky for these guys to come back in one week from these injuries. So projecting him to miss, we'll see. But if he does miss, I mean, Jerry Judy's going to have a ton of volume. Noah Fan, I think, is still working his way back from the ankle injury. We saw him uh, last week. Didn't really look 100%, and they kind of used like a tight end by committee, so to speak, with um, Alberto, the rookie, and they also have a couple other guys there that they use. So to me, the biggest beneficiary here is Jerry Judy, just from a, a pure volume standpoint. Um, and then beyond that, too, speaking with the same team, like Philip Lindsay also in the concussion protocol. So we'll see what happens with him throughout the week. Again, it's it's hard to project because it just depends on how quickly these guys progress uh, on every given day through the protocol. So if he sits, Melvin Gordon is in for, I think, a monster workload this week. Yeah, the, it's been uh, an interesting run for these running backs, too, because we just haven't been able to see both of them on the field at the same time. Um, this was sort of our first opportunity here in week seven to see how they're utilized together. And then Philip Lindsay got the concussion and that was um, that was no more. Andy Dalton also with a concussion. He is considered week to week. It was a brutal, brutal hit uh, from John Bostic. Got him ejected from the game. Uh, Dalton was able to walk off on his own power, which is great. Um, you know, he uh, it was a tough hit, though. So what? Ben Danucci time <laughs> is Ben Danucci time. And I, <laughs> I have some excitement about this player because he yeah. went to Colorado, James Madison. That's where I went to college. That's where he played his college football. And I don't really feel op- optimistic about him. in the so NFL. You're a big Ben Danucci fan and you have huge Danucci fan real quick on his backstory. He uh, went to Pitt originally. Couldn't hey. get on the field behind Nathan Peterman. Whoops. If you remember him playing in Pitt. So transferred to James Madison, where I went to school, um, and he led the team to the national championship. They lost national championship game, but nonetheless, seventh round pick. He's a rookie. He's going up against the Eagles, and you know the Eagles have certainly have their warts, no doubt about it. But they have been able to get after the quarterback. The offensive line in Dallas, I mean, it is just wrecked by injury. This could be so rough, so, so rough for any Dallas player. I, I think the real question we have to talk about is like, if Andy Dalton isn't starting, can you even start CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper? I mean, what are we doing with these guys? I don't, I don't know that you can. Um, I, you know, I think uh, out of all of these guys, I feel the most comfortable with Amari Cooper just from a, a, a target standpoint, from a volume standpoint, but um, you know, Michael Gallup is a guy that we haven't seen come to to fruition, period. Um, but it, it's definitely concerning. I think out of all these, you know, you're most obligated to play Amari Cooper, which it, it just happens to work out that I think he is also the safest. Um, what are you doing with these guys? Are you are they bench stashes until you see otherwise? I think so. I think at this point, Michael Gallup can be dropped. Um, if you haven't already, he probably should have been dropped two or three weeks ago. And then, yeah, CeeDee Lamb's getting volume and so is Amari Cooper, but is it good volume? Not really. And, and we've never seen Ben DiNucci outside of last week play in the NFL. So, yeah, to me, bench stash, and certainly I'm looking elsewhere if possible. Like, if you've been relying on CeeDee Lamb, I am 100% getting Brandon Ayuk and playing him over him this week. Um, but it's, you know, we'll have to kind of see how the week progresses for Dalton. If he gets back out there, I, I feel way better about him. But certainly, you know, for listeners, be sure to check the rankings on the website later in the week. We'll, we'll give you some start set advice. Love that. Uh, how about D.D. Westbrook? Unfortunate. He's actually been a healthy scratch for um, a, a several games here, but uh, he tore his ACL. And he's a guy that also has 
um, had some some difficulty staying healthy in general, but um, he is obviously out for the season. It doesn't really do too much to impact, uh, you know, the other receivers there within the offense because he hasn't played such a significant role. But um, I will ask you this. Is he droppable in dynasty leagues? I think so. I think uh. just knowing, you know, they're investing in, in LaVisca Chenault and there's no certainty what's happening at quarterback. Yeah, probably. And now we have this injury to come into it. You know, it depends on your, your format. If you have like a 30 man roster with a bunch of IR spots and a, a four or five man taxi squad, then yes, keep him on your roster. But outside of that, to me, I, I feel like he probably is. I am old enough to remember when it was D.D. Westbrook season. I'm <laughs> just last I'm year in August. That old, yes. <laughs> hey, time flies in fantasy football so quickly. Last but not least, let's get to Nikhil Harry, wide receiver for the Patriots. Uh, he is considered week to week with a concussion. Um, little concerned uh, for the offense in general here. We saw them have a very bumpy week seven. Um, Cam Newton was eventually taken out of the game, replaced by Jarrett Stidham. What do we make of this for the other receivers? Nobody's been extremely relevant here as, as a pass catcher, but does Nikhil Harry's absence at least make uh, one of these guys a better volume play? Julian Edelman, Demir Bird? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think it matters. I mean, Cam... And granted, Cam has literally no one to throw the ball to. Julian Edelman's injured. He's, you know, 34. Certainly his best days are behind him. He, he just can't get separation. And then you look at Demir Bird. He's like a wide receiver four on an NFL roster. And Nikhil Harry, yes, he had draft capital, but he's looked awful, to be, to be completely honest with you. He's looked really bad in his time in the NFL. And so, to me, I, I feel like New England has to change something with what they're doing. They have to get James White involved feed the rock to Damian Harris. Like there's no one else in the passing game I want. And, you know, there's a great article on the website from Troy King, one of our writers looking at like, what do you do with Cam Newton? And I just read it this morning and I totally agree with his take. Like to me, I'm red flag, like sounding the alarms. It looks bad, bad, bad in new England. I don't want any pieces of this offense. It's yeah, it's, it's looking not looking great, but maybe I, I don't know. Hashtag tank for Trevor is this what if that's what we're seeing here I mean we do know Bill Belichick is one of the most diabolical minds of his generation love him he's a genius hate him though I I, I do not like Bill Belichick because <laughs> he is uh he is like I said diabolical anybody else that we need to hit on before we head out today yeah I think we also need to touch real quick on Chris Godwin News came out today on Tuesday. We're recording this about 1 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. Um, it came out this morning around like 9.30 or 10 that Chris Godwin actually broke a finger this past Sunday on a touchdown reception. Didn't show up you know, in the post-game notes or anything like that. Just kind of eventually came out of the news. Um, he's already been ruled out for this week because he will probably face about a two- to three-week recovery after that surgery. And you know, with uh, Damien Harris also broke a, a bone in his finger in the preseason, he missed about four weeks and then kind of slowly started to get back into the offense. So probably a multi-week absence here for Chris Godwin, but it's too early to say specifically how long because it really depends on the location of where the, the injury is in relation to the finger. Sometimes if it's closer to the joint, it can take longer to heal and, and that sort of thing. So we don't have that information. We just know right now he's been ruled out for this week. And, you know, moving forward, it's hard to say. And now they have Antonio Brown on the roster. So 
Um, things are looking questionable, I'll say, as far as like who you can trust in the passing game in in Tampa. But I'll tell you what, Tom Brady has no uh, you know no loss of weapons here. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, Antonio Brown, like Gronk, actually has a pulse again, which is great to see. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Evans, who I know you told everyone to drop yesterday, now is relevant. Like Tom Brady <laughs> is is setting up for success down the stretch here, and it's actually really intriguing. I feel like I personally broke Chris Godwin's finger um, just by <laughs> by nature of the advice. Um, and th- let's let me clarify: it was not uh, a blanket statement. Just drop Mike Evans. I said he was droppable, which is a quality uh, <laughs> a quality that one has. Because guess what? Uh, looking at their stats side to side, I would much rather have uh, Scotty Miller's production because he's actually been a bit safer. Uh, weirdly enough. Um, Scotty Miller, more receiving yards than Mike Evans. Just FYI, everybody who's I listening. Do, I do think if you need a, you know, if you're desperate for a flex play this week, Scotty Miller, you could do worse. No gob went on Monday Night Football. Antonio Brown still isn't going to play this week. So it's going to be Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Gronk, maybe a little Justin Watson, but they take on the Giants. So yes, I will, I will play Scotty Miller this week with pretty high confidence. Yeah, and just FYI, everybody, I am in on Mike Evans this week. He will be a top 10 wide receiver for me. Um, but guess what? After that top 10 performance, he's out of there. He's he's off my, <laughs> off my list. Uh, let's close out the show. Everybody, please be sure to check out ballblastfootball.com. Uh, we've got all of our uh, injury analysis there from Mr. Matthew Betts. He does his uh, weekly prop bet segments, Betts is Betts. Love that for our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash ball blast. Uh, be sure to check out bets on Twitter at the fantasy PT for uh, lots of live injury analysis as we get the breaking news. And you can follow me on Twitter at FF ball blast. Um, everybody have a great week eight and please be sure to send us your questions over there on Twitter so we can get you set up for uh, that championship run that we are about to be making. Let's go. Let's go.